What is up, guys? Combat Addict here. Welcome to another edition of the Combat Review. Today we're going to talk heavily about what's going on on Saturday. Heavily, heavily, heavily. Um, Habib versus Gaethje. Now this fight, this fight is is really been racking my brain. It has really been on my mind. I don't think you guys understand how excited I am for this fight. This fight to me is more important than Habib v. Connor was. Than Habib v. Ferguson was. This fight to me is the most important fight in lightweight history. I'm so serious. Um, this is the toughest challenge. In my personal opinion, aside from, and I'm going to say this, and people are going to be upset that I say this, aside from Michael Chandler, there has not been a wrestler on the level of Gaethje, and I actually don't even know all of Michael Chandler's wrestling credentials. Gaethje might be a better wrestler than Michael Chandler. I, I don't know all of Michael Chandler's credentials, and I should have looked those up before this podcast. I forgot to do that. I'm sorry. But we're not even going to talk about him right now. He's new. He hasn't even fought in the UFC yet. We don't know what he's capable of. We're talking right now, Gaethje is the biggest threat to Habib that there could have been. Now you understand that Habib is the lightweight goat. He's literally the lightweight goat. There isn't anyone who's been better than him. There isn't anyone who has a better record than him. There isn't anyone who has been more dominant and taken less damage than him. So we finally have a challenge that is not just based on maybe catching Habib with a right hand. Maybe submitting Habib. We're talking about somebody here who could literally crush him. Like I'm talking kill him in the cage. Somebody who, if they manage to stop the takedown, could ruin Habib's life in there. Gaethje hits like a man pumped full of testosterone, cocaine, and bull shark. Just bull shark. Just if you could take bull shark and make it into something that could be pumped into someone's body, that's what Justin Gaethje hits like. And the thing is, it's a toss-up. Because we've never seen Habib unable to take somebody down. But we've never seen Gaethje taken down. And this is a point that Chael Sonnen made. So we are really, really 100% in, in the gray zone here. The safe bet. Now here's the safe bet. The safe bet is Habib. The safe bet is Habib. Okay? And I'm about to tell you why. All right. Javier Mendez, in an interview, this is one of Habib's coaches, very close with Ab Abdul Manap uh, before he passed away, rest in peace, uh, said about Gaethje, 
I know he's working with the welterweight champion, so he does have some good, someone good working with him. But it's different when you're fighting Habib. It's different. Let's see what happens. But he's preparing well. He's preparing with the champion, and the champion is really good. The thing is, Justin is when he used to wrest. When uh, the thing, the thing with Justin is, when has he used wrestling? I've never seen it. Just get up. Just, just to get, um, just to get up. Oh, just to get up. But he hasn't used the wrestling. So let's see what happens, right? Now, he says he's tough to take down, okay? But I don't think it's going to be as hard as he thinks. But it's possible that it's tough to take him down. I don't believe it will. I don't believe it will because Habib is a master at taking the fight to the ground. Look, if you're an Olympic wrestler and it's MMA, he'll take you down. He's the, ma he's the master of this. He knows how to penetrate, how to enter with his striking. He knows it's different. It's not the same. Now, here's the thing. This part here about if you're an Olympic wrestler, I think is, is, is a subtweet to DC. Because we all know that Habib trains with Daniel Cormier. Now, if you train with Daniel Cormier, I imagine these two have grappled. There's no way they haven't grappled. Okay. I wonder if Habib has ever been able to take down Daniel Cormier. And if the answer is yes, then Gaethje is screwed. Unless he is an Olympic wrestler himself, which he's not. Unless he's got Olympic wrestler tier wrestling, he's got a problem. Because Habib has got a wrestler who he's, he can train with in order to prepare for taking down, you know, somebody who's a seasoned wrestler. Gaethje doesn't have that. Gaethje doesn't have anybody who could simulate Habib. I mean, really simulate him. So the safe bet, the safe bet is Habib all day. All day, every day, that's a safe bet. Justin's argument is I create damage. If I barely miss and barely clip you, it's damage. Damage is done. In a 25-minute fight, I will create damage one way or another. The thing about Tony is that Tony loves that. One thing I'm sure about Habib is that he does not love that. His argument is basically that Habib is not going to want to bleed. Now, first off, I think his point is that Habib is just maybe not tough. Which I know is not true. Because I don't believe that you become a world combat sambo champion without being tough. I don't think Habib is afraid of pain. And I don't think Habib is afraid of blood. I don't think he cares. I don't know why Justin thinks this, but I actually don't believe that this 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 synopsis of Habib is is correct. For these reasons, the safe bet is Habib. In my video, when I did a prediction for this fight, I actually chose Justin. But I've been thinking, I've been thinking, and honestly, man. That prediction is wrong in terms of, on paper, what makes sense. 
What makes sense is that Habib can take him down irrespective. Being a D1 wrestler is great and all. But I really don't think, I really don't think that being a D1 wrestler is going to be able to stop Habib. All that being said, though, that's the safe bet. I don't know why I still feel like Justin Gaethje is going to win this fight. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. But I just have a feeling like the D1 wrestling is going to be at least enough to get back up to his feet. If he can do that enough in 25 minutes, he could break Habib. He did it to Tony Ferguson. And Tony Ferguson is used to getting hit. Habib is not used to getting hit. Now, I'm not saying that Habib doesn't, it doesn't have the durability to fight. I'm not saying that Habib doesn't like to get hit. All I'm saying is Habib is going to get hit more in this fight than he's ever been hit before. That's my personal take on it. And it's going to make his ability to wrestle much more compromised. He's going to be delirious. He's going to be more tired because when you take more damage, you become more tired. And he's going to have to Deal with the fact that Gaethje is not going to stay on the ground. For that reason, I still feel like Gaethje is going to win this fight. Even though that's the risky bet. That's the risky bet. But it's the bet that I'm willing to make. That Gaethje wins this fight. I don't know why. I just feel it. I just feel it, man. Let's look at what else is going on here. Now, Habib has said he will not rematch Connor if he fights at 170 pounds. Um, basically, he's saying if you want to fight the uh, lightweight champion, you need to fight at lightweight. Uh, with respect to Connor and Poirier. He says about Connor, if he beats him at 155, it makes sense. But if he beats him at 170, how can you fight at 170 and then the next fight 155? They want to make everything easy. If you want to take easy way, you will never deserve next title shot. That's what Habib is saying about this, this Connor Poirier thing. And Habib has already said that whoever beats Poirier, they get the next title shot. He's already said that, which I agree. I agree that Poirier deserves it. Out of everybody who deserves a title shot, it's Poirier. In fact, I'm rooting for Poirier to beat Connor. I'm taking Connor. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Poirier over Connor on this one. But that fight can't happen at 170. Habib has said that, and Dana White has said that. Dana White has him, himself said, I'm not putting on a freaking multi-million dollar fight at a catch weight. That means nothing. That fight means nothing at 170. Neither one of those two are ranked at 170 pounds and it doesn't do anything in the 155 pound division. If either of them win, 
because they're fighting at 170. It literally makes no sense. There are plenty of organizations that put on fights that make no sense. You can go watch those kinds of fights every weekend. That's not what we do here. I approve. I approve. I actually think that for that fight to be at 170 is mindless and ridiculous. Um, if Connor wants to fight at 170, then he needs to stop saying that he wants to fight Habib and he needs to go after Kamaru Usman. That's what he needs to do. When you have to cut weight, you're going to fight different. If you don't have to cut as much weight, wouldn't you argue that your chin is better? You're, you're, you're just going to feel better. The entire dynamics, the entire dynamic of your body changes. If you decide that you're not going to fight at 155, but you're going to fight at 170. And I think that Habib deserves an opponent who fights at 155. It's not fair for Habib. It's not fair to Habib that somebody else who isn't a champion, by the way, because you know, if you're a champion and you want to, if you're a champion at 170 and you want to fight the champion at 155, that's a whole other thing. You're a champion. You're allowed to do that. But if you're just somebody who's ranked, or somebody who's not ranked, or, who, or somebody who's had a fight at 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 170 and you won, you don't get the call for a title shot. And I don't know what Connor has said about all of this. I don't know if Connor has been thinking, you know, I'm going to fight at 170, I'm going to fight Poirier at 170, but I'm telling you right now, if that fight happens at 170, Connor's not fighting Habib ever again. Like, the opportunity for Connor to fight Habib is literally this year, this next 365-day period. If Connor loses to Poirier, that's it. I don't think he ever fights Habib ever again. Because Habib will, will, will retire before Connor gets another title shot at that point, I think. I mean, if you can't get past Poirier, then I don't see how you're going to get past... I don't see how you're going to build your way back up. You know, unless Poirier loses a his title shot, you fight Tony Ferguson maybe or something like that and you win. So perhaps no, maybe he would he would get to fight Habib again. But Habib is has talked about retiring. So Habib might just retire before that even happens. But this fight cannot happen. This fight cannot happen at 170. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think Habib is actually just frankly sick of Conor McGregor. To be straight with you, I think he's just tired of Conor McGregor. And uh, there's proof of that right here. Oh, hold on a minute here. What's going on with the volume? I knew I totally get that. But a lot of times, particularly in the fight game, you talk about giving the people what they want to see. One of the things that I said last week mm -hmm. talking about you, sir, was that you really, really don't want to fight somebody like Conor McGregor again, primarily because you don't like him. And you think fighting him again gives him attention that you don't believe he deserves. How accurate is that? 
Right now, even I don't want to talk about this shit. Yeah, understood, Don. So you mentioned... Understood. Habib is so over Connor. And I'm not surprised. At all. I've said this before. The way that Connor acted in the presser leading up to their first fight, or their fight, was awful. It was horribly disrespectful. And a lot of the times it wasn't even funny. It was just outright vicious. Some of it was funny just because it's Connor being Connor and you can't help but laugh at some of the things that he says and does. But he disrespected his religion. Like, I think somebody in the audience, uh, somebody asking a question said, uh, you know, Connor, congratulations on Proper 12 and Habib, salam alaikum, helik. I can't say it. I don't know what it is. I'm so sorry for all of the uh people of the islamic faith listening I, I i butchered that but uh habib says you can't congratulate proper 12 and say salam alaikum in the same sentence you can't do that and connor goes what are you gonna do about it assalamu alaikum alada thank you for 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 congratulating me on proper 12. this is one example of Connor taking a massive dump on Habib's faith, which as you all know, is like one of the most important things to him. After every fight, he basically acknowledges that it's not him, but Allah who gives him the strength to do what he does. And Connor took a dump all over that for the entire the entirety of the time leading up to that first fight or, the, or their fight. I'm talking as if there's a second one. I feel like there might be a second one. Who knows? But you know what? Habib, I don't know if he hates Connor's guts. I feel like he does. I feel like he does. I don't know if maybe Allah wouldn't approve of that, but I think he hates Connor. I think he hates him so much. Um, but he's all, he's also enjoying, enjoying what's happening in the fight game right now, because Connor, despite his, his, uh, his, uh, success, unfortunately is actually about to be eclipsed. Apparently, UFC 254 is trending to break a pay-per-view record. And that was on Monday. It is Thursday. I'm pretty sure Dana was the one who said this. Dana said, this thing's trending off, trending of the charts for us right now. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be off. This thing's trending off the charts for us right now. Monday, this thing was trending to be the biggest fight we've ever had. Not Thursday, not Friday. Monday. It's trending bigger than Habib McGregor. Now, if poetic justice was real, if karma is real, and she is indeed a female dog, 
This right here has got to be so satisfying for Habib. So satisfying. I mean, the money fight is supposed to be Conor McGregor. He's supposed to be, that's his identity. Red Panty Knight, that's Conor McGregor. But here, we, <laughs> we see that people care more about this fight here than the fight that he had with Habib, in which he lost. In the fourth round, by submission, Habib told everybody he was going to make Conor tap, and he did. Habib told everyone he was going to smash, smash their boy, and he did. And now Habib is taking one of Conor's claims to fame, that he is the money fight. I mean, for I'm a fan of Habib. Huge fan of Habib, so I'm so happy for him. But I actually find this particularly hilarious. This is freaking funny. I like Conor too, but can I just say... That Habib is having a good time right now. And... It's hard to feel sorry for Connor when he's putting out stuff like this. He tweeted, I won round one, outstruck him in three to one here. Elbows, knees, clatters. He held on entire round. Round two, he won. This round had the Kimura attempt you speak of. I need him. Full force into his eye socket here and broke the grip fully. A lovely shot. I won three and also, uh, I won three also and four up until the trip. So Connor apparently believes that he round, he, he won round one, three, and he was winning four until the trip. Look, I'm pretty sure you can find this fight on YouTube. Go watch Connor versus Habib. Habib, in my personal opinion, won all of those rounds. I don't know what Connor is talking about, and I don't know why he's trying to make an argument about this two years after the fact. It is hard to feel sorry for Connor when he does stuff like this, when he can't just eat the loss that he took, and he can't give Habib the credit that he deserves. And even if you can't give Habib the credit that he deserves, can't you just hold your tongue? And know that this is not going to come across the way that you think it does. It makes me think that Conor McGregor is actually out of touch with the MMA fan base, the UFC fan base, and the world. Because I'm telling you right now, none of us believe this. I, I don't believe that we feel like, comment down below if you think I'm wrong. But I'm just saying, we all unanimously agree that Habib won that fight every round and actually also dropped Conor McGregor with a right hand which nobody saw coming but once again if poetic justice exists and karma is a female dog it makes so much sense that Habib would drop Conor with a right hand it makes so much sense But it's hard to feel bad for him when he's out here talking like this on Twitter. One thing I don't approve of with respect to what's going on with Connor right now, though, is the rankings. 
It's not good. So you see Habib here at the top. Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, and all of a sudden there's Conor McGregor. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but Conor has been inactive in this division for two years. How he is ranked higher than Dan Hooker, who had a very close fight with Dustin Poirier not too long ago, is beyond me. How he is ranked higher than Paul Felder, who had a very close fight with Dan Hooker, is beyond me. I'm not quite sure how this is happening. He just went up a ranking all of a sudden. The only explanation I have for this is that because his last fight was a loss to the champion, the numbers just make it so that he can't fall too far down in the division. Once you lose to the champion, you're usually the number one number one contender or something like that. Perhaps that is why he's ranked number four right now above all these other guys who have actually been fighting. But if you ask me, he should at least be ranked seventh or sixth. Because Dan Hooker and Paul Felder have been out here. And if you want to argue that he should be ranked higher than Paul Felder. Okay. But Dan Hooker? Really? With the show that he put on. With the tough time that he gave the number two spot. You're going to put him above Hooker? Man, Conor McGregor should be at, honestly, at the very least, he should be ranked fifth fifth fairness would dictate that he's rated maybe sixth but for him to be fourth right now is kind of ridiculous i'm not even gonna lie it's kind of ridiculous in any case man he's there so the fight between him and Poirier makes sense, I suppose, based on the rankings. But uh, truthfully, with the way that with the way that Connor has been acting, I, I don't I don't know the way that he the way that he dismisses his loss to Habib makes me feel like he just doesn't like I don't it doesn't make me want to see him fight Habib when he talks like that. And Dustin Poirier has been so active and worked so hard and doesn't get paid enough. I want to see Dustin Poirier win. You know, I like Conor McGregor, but honestly, man, the dude has just been, just been MIA for too long in this division. And for, for Dustin Poirier, to have that ripped away from him, I can't support that. I can't support that. I'm not saying I don't want to see Conor McGregor fight for the title again, but I'm saying 
guys, paid in full. Paid in full. Dustin Poirier, El Diamante, has done everything. He's done everything right. There's no way we should take that from him. There's no way. And that's why that's why I want Dustin to win because I think that Dustin deserves it. You know, Conor McGregor's a superstar. Everybody loves him. I love him. But look, man, if you're gonna talk like that on Twitter, and you're gonna be gone for two years, then you gotta understand I'm not rooting for you to have a title shot anytime soon. You need to put some work in. And if you're going up against the guy who has been putting work in, I'm rooting for the guy who's been putting in work. Sorry to say, that's just the way it is. That is just the way it is. Um, real quickly, I guess I'll just I'll just uh, acknowledge that Brian Ortega looks really good. Brian Ortega is is <sighs> he took the time off. And he made use of it. And that's what I wish fighters would do. When you take a loss, when you take a heavy loss, like, for example, Edmund Shabazian took a pretty brutal loss. I don't expect to see Edmund Shabazian fight again for a long time. For a long time. Um, I expect Edmund Shabazian to take a lot of time to himself and work on his craft. And that's what Brian Ortega did. And I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. He outclassed Chance Sun Jung. Straight up. Landed a killer spinning elbow, which he's clearly been practicing because he threw it two times after he had thrown it the first time and connected. And Brian Ortega is a threat now because he's not just a jujitsu whiz. And he's got the same threat appeal in my mind that someone like Gaethje has. In that you know you're not really going to mess with them on the ground. But standing with them is, is, is a nightmare task. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the future. That leg grab that he does, where he reaches down with the lead hand and just grabs his, front, his opponent's front leg, just to make them think about it. I love that. He's got the long arms to do it too. He's got the frame for it. He is you he is really becoming a mixed martial artist of his own. He's developing his own style, and that is what I appreciate about watching his performance on Saturday night. But that's the last thing I'll say uh, say for now, guys. The show the show is not as long as I thought it would be today. We only got 30 minutes in. Let me know if you enjoyed the show. Let me know what you want me to talk about. If you want me to talk about something, just tell me. I'll probably talk about it. And uh, follow me on my Instagram and my Twitter. The Combat Attic. No spaces. But yeah, man. That's that. Combat Addict out.